You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. Holly Cotton here, and you guys, I am so honored today to be joined by Randy Adams. And Randy is going to tell us his story, which is very unique and also inspiring. And he's going to tell us his story of basically how he was just going on with life. And then he is now the founder of Rise Up. He's going to talk to us about life after having a, a major physical, um, I don't I don't even know what the word, but just, uh, he's going to tell us all about his story because I don't want to say that it's like a physical survivorship because you, you're still the same person. It's just how you look on the outside, but he's going to tell us all about his journey. He's going to tell us about his brand, all that great stuff. So welcome, Randy. Nice to meet you. Hello. Nice to meet you, Holly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so first, Randy, I let me tell you guys, because you know I'm always on Instagram stalking people, trying to find people with unique stories, people that I can highlight, people that are trying to make a change, make a difference, all that great stuff. So I was just minding my business on my Explorer page, and one of Randy's posts were up, and he was actually telling, uh, he was answering a question, and people were asking him about how to drink from a straw. And I didn't even look at the actual video, Randy. I w- I read like the caption, and then and then I looked at your video, and I was like, oh, okay. So this is unique. Let me see what his story is. So then I went and I stalked his page and very, very, very inspiring. And Randy, can you kind of just give us an idea of exactly what has happened? Because this has been a very trying year for you. So can you kind of just give us an insight into kind of where you started to how you got to this point? Yes, absolutely. We have to go all the way back to January of 2021. Um, First of all, I'm in the United States Army. Uh, Current rank and grade is a Sergeant First Class United States Army. Uh, At the time, I was on PCS leave. That's like a permanent change of station. It's a transition from one duty station to the next. And I was uh, in Chicago visiting family while I was on leave. Uh, while I was there, I was I stopped in Chicago because I was en route to go to Germany. Uh, that was supposed to be my next duty station. So uh, while I was in Chicago, um, an assault took place. An assault uh, on me. Uh, I was attacked blindsidedly. Um, there's some other legalities that I can't discuss at this time, but it left my face badly beaten. Um, I was admitted to the hospital, like EVAC, EMS. Um, When I got there, they uh, induced me into a coma. Um, I thought, you know, like it would be something simple that they would do, maybe stitch me up, hit me with, you know, whatever medications or, or drugs or whatever, and then I'll probably wake up the next day like, okay, you know, all fixed, all sewn up. You know, that wasn't the case. Instead, uh, I woke up 30 days later in Texas in a military hospital in Fort Sam Houston. 
um, not knowing where I was, I was wrapped from head to toe. Um, I couldn't move any of my extremities. I was, uh, I could barely see. My vision was severely impaired. Uh, my entire body was in pain. I didn't have any recollection of what was going on or how I got there. I just know that somebody told me like, you know, uh, hey, you're at Drug Army Medical Center in Texas. And I was like, wait, I'm supposed to be in Chicago. Like, I was supposed to go to Germany. Like, what's going on here? Like, but uh, so I went through all of my recovery there at the hospital uh, from the occupational therapy, learning how to walk, learning how to talk again, learning how to write, uh, working on my vision. Uh, so I had that therapy as well, uh, learning activities of daily living, everything, how to how to get dressed, how to brush my teeth. It was just a very rigorous and strenuous process of occupational therapy, physical therapy. Um, I had to learn how to drive again. Like I went through um, driver's training, everything. My It's like my entire life was reset and my entire identity was erased and I was like a baby again, I guess you could say. Um, but I went through, I'd say about 18 months of recovery um, in different areas, like I said, occupational therapy, physical therapy, uh, recreational therapy, uh, vision impairment, natural facial. That's why I have prosthetics on my face now for privacy and protection. Um, speech therapy, uh, ear, nose, and throat, because uh, I had a, a tracheostomy in my neck. That's why I have a, a large uh, hole here. It's larger than you know others, but because um, I was, I was, I got tubes in my stomach from two feeds, uh, JG tubes, jejunum and gastric tubes in my stomach because I couldn't eat in my mouth. All of my food was, you know, basically fed from, you know, like the IV machines next to my bed for months and months and months. I want to say like maybe four months of tube feeding before I was, you know, trained up by speech therapy and, and those other agencies inside the hospital to get me to eat solid food, but, you know, one step at a time, soft to solid. But, um, and I was discharged from the hospital, say six months. After six months, they finally discharged me and put me in a recovery unit, a military-like recovery unit where I continue, you know, outpatient therapies and whatnot um, and started my my medical, uh, like, retirement process from the military. Um, and that has been going on for over a year now. So, and during this time, I was like, there was, there was just so many, there's, the, the story is just so lengthy. There's just so much that took place in this time frame. And I don't know how much time we have, but <laughs> I can I, well, I got all night. Honestly. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a lot though. Like, 
I mean, I, I, I'm just amazed all in being a nurse. I've been a nurse for 20 something years. I've done ICU. I've done all of that also. And I've been the nurse that has had to tell someone where they wake up, Hey, you, you know, you've been in a coma for 30 days or you've been in a coma for three weeks. And the person is like, wait, what? I was just driving to the store and, and now like three weeks of my life is gone. So I know that's a, an adjustment as well. And you guys, if you go and look at Randy's page, like he's in the gym lifting weights and he's doing workouts in the gym. Like he is back on it. Like he never missed a step. So when he's talking about this whole transition about, you know, he had to learn how to walk again and all of that. And then you see that he's out here, like nothing ever happened. It's just, it's amazing. And it's, it's inspiring. So I love that you are able to share that with us. And, you know, we don't want to go too much in, into making you have to go through every detail. Obviously, it was a lot for you. But can you tell us one of the one of the biggest challenges you you dealt with going through your recovery process? Like, well, I know there were so many, Randy, so not to be insensitive, but like, what is one thing when you look back now and you're like, holy crap, I can't believe that I did this. Uh, that's a tough question because it's so much to, to that I can speak on. Um, I guess one of the most difficult things that I have to deal with is what I still deal with today. And that's being in public. That's I had to I had to get over the fear of being in front of people. Um, so I isolated myself for a very long time. It was it was very difficult for me to, you know, when they finally took the wraps off my face and I seen like everything that was missing, you know, like if you don't mind, but I this was all scarred from skin grafts, like from my forehead all the way down. Like nothing, none of this looked like this. And, you know, there's, there's some pictures on my social media that will show that all of this was black, like the actual color black. Um, and it was all scarred and charred looking. Uh, and I just, I couldn't believe it. You know, it's like, I, I had a lot of trauma and, and healing that I had to do first before I was able to even talk to anyone. It's like, cause I went through, a, I went through a stage for months where I would ask doctors, I would even ask my family, like, why would you even let them bring me out of this? If you knew I was gonna come out looking like this and I had to face the world looking like this, like, where's the, you know, where's the quality of life in that? So it's like, I have to, like, I'm, I'm still, it's gonna be a, a constant battle, a constant fight because we know how cruel the world is. They're not gonna treat me like a human being. They're gonna treat me like a monster. And lo and behold, you go through my comments, whether it's on Instagram or TikTok or wherever I post it, on Facebook, you see there's, I'm not saying that all people are bad, but you still have a lot of, cool people out there that, that make memes out of me or 
of calling me things that, you know, it's like, like I'm not a human being. Um, like I don't have a spirit inside of me. Like I don't have a soul inside of me. Like I don't, uh, you know, like I didn't raise my right hand for this country and, and you know, dedicate 15 years of sacrifice away from my family, my friends and everything else that I've done in, in, in other countries around the world. So it's like, that's the, that's the toughest thing I have to deal with because um, every, I have to, I have to work out, like I have to work up a lot of energy. I have to, I have to build up my self-esteem. I have to build up my strength just to walk out the door every day. Like the strength it takes for me to get out of bed to know that I have to go out in public and face millions of people. Um, it, it, that was very, very difficult at first. It's getting easier over time because I'm, I've learned to overly love myself and I, 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 the, the, the self-love factor had to take, it had to take place um, in order for me to be able to do this. But everywhere I go, it's there. Like, it, it doesn't matter whether I'm pumping gas or I'm walking through Target. Like, it's just people, <laughs> it's everybody, it's, it's always eyes on me. And sometimes it's um, out of curiosity. Some people are just, like, wondering, like, man, what happened? And then some people are really rude, and they give me dirty looks. And then you have people who actually say things or make like little sound effect noises and, and whatnot. Like, uh, like one guy walked past me and he was just like, "Damn!" And I'm like, "Is this life?" <laughs> so, um, and that's that's the most difficult part. Right. All right, Randy. So just to go into a little bit more detail about that, because I know you gave us the general idea about waking up and being in the hospital and kind of like that part of it. So can you go into some of the specifics about what this condition was called? Because I know a lot of people are wondering, well, what could happen to me where I, all of that could happen from something? So what is the condition called and what was some of like the treatments that you had to have? So the the condition is called it's a difficult word so just just rock with me on this one and it's like one percent of people may have heard of it but it's called purpura fulminans right. and it's spelled p-u-r-p-u-r-a-f-u-l-m-i-n-a-n-s so uh, that was what they eventually diagnosed me with. So what happened is there was an infection that set into my blood that caused sepsis throughout my body and caused this necrosis, which is why I had all of this deterioration of my nose, my upper lip, bilateral jaw, like both sides of it, my chin, my neck. Um, same thing with like the scars down my, my leg and uh, my arm, like, like all of that is, is called necrosis. Um, so, and it also, that sepsis and that tertiary fulminance, like it shut down every organ inside of my body. Like I literally had already died while I was in a coma. So they had me hooked to all kinds of machines to revive like my kidneys, my heart. They were gonna do open heart, like a open chest and open heart surgery uh, because that, that had failed as well. So, uh yes it's it, it can it can 
it's it's freakish. It can really happen to anyone if your blood gets infected um, following any type of attack or any type of cut, uh, scrape, laceration. So that's that's what happened to me. So basically, for anyone that's listening that doesn't have a visual of Randy, and if they're just listening to the audio, so Randy, your nose was removed, correct? Top lip, yeah. and then some of your, what happened on your neck? What was the? So that was all necrosis as well. So uh, like a good portion, I would say maybe 30 to 40% of my lower lip was also removed. And it was scarring, um, like necrosis that went down my neck as well. So when they grafted it, when they did the skin graft, it draw it it did it just draw down everything, like from this side of my lower lip. So that's why I can't hold my fluids or food on that side in because all of the scarring it just you know pulled everything down. So. Right. So that scar tissue is just making it where it's really, really tight. And, and a lot of times Mm -hmm. they do like scar revisions or anything. Do you have any procedures that are coming up or they're just going to have, are they going to reevaluate or is this like they said, this is it. This is, this is the best that it's ever going to be. That I've had, I've had a total of like five additional revision procedures. Uh, like, these aren't even my real eyelids. This is skin from my thighs. Uh, these are also like grafted on. So they did like Z plastic procedures um, to try to, you know, basically make them equal um, the, the, the size of the opening for both eyes. They, that's what the Z plastic procedure was. Um, so they did like incisions on both sides to try to open them up. But uh, once it's scarred, like this side, you know, was tighter than this side. So this one, that's why this eye is larger as far as the opening than this eye. So it looks like this side is lazy. Um, but they do the, the Z plastic procedures. And I also have undergone like a lot of C2 laser treatments for the, for the scars because they were like itching and burning real bad while they were healing. Even after they had fully healed, like the nerve endings and whatnot was just, I was just out here like, you know, just scratching real bad, like, you know, like a, like a fiend or something. So. <laughs> yeah. People don't know about that either. So I'm glad you talked about that. So let me ask a question. So first of all, like I said, you guys, I kind of stalked Randy's Instagram and I went, went back on his page and so Randy, we know you always been a pretty boy and you always had your self care, right? You always had your self care down and, and, and had your lotions and and your mustache and all of that. Right, right, right. So, so I know that now you do have to have a certain routine that you're doing to care for, you know, this new skin and stuff like that. So can you kind of give us an idea of like what you're doing on a daily basis to maintain, like you said, you had the itching and stuff like that. So can you tell us what it's like and what your, your like daily skincare and your routine is? 
so I started off with when everything was like the, the fresh grafting, like the fresh scarring. I started off just using Aquaphor. Like the hospital, they gave me uh, just tons of jugs of, of Aquaphor that I could just use at my descent. That and Eucerin. And that helped tremendously with the scarring. I continue to use that to this day because it did it it, it worked wonders on my skin. It as far as the healing and it got my skin back to looking like this today. Like you can't you could barely tell that all of this was scarred up. Um but like I'm I'm I just wanna say like first and foremost, I'm I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of how far uh my condition has come, like how well I have recovered. And as much as, you know, people have tried to tear me down, it has only created, like, it has only created, like, a, a, a different beast in me. Like, it, it has created a, a reason for me to overly love myself. But, um, but back to the skincare, I, do, I could do normal skincare routines that anybody else could use. I could use a toner. I could use the exfoliator, I'd like the moisturizing, like I, I, I could, I use all of that. Um, as far as like when I first wake up in the morning to give you like a quick get ready example, first thing I do is, you know, after I brush my teeth and whatnot, brush my teeth, I have like this gel that I use. Um, and it's like a fluoride gel. And I just like, basically rub it in across my, my gums and it lasts, you know, for a good amount of time throughout the day. I may have to reapply maybe twice throughout the day, but it keeps it, my keeps my gum moisturized. And then I use my prosthetic, uh, you know, my mask and that also covers, you know, my, my gums and my mouth throughout the day. Um, so that keeps a lot of foreign, like stuff out in the atmosphere from like blowing into my gums and blowing into my nose and whatnot. Also, probably wondering, like, um, you know, how do I blow my nose is another question that I get. And I don't blow my nose. Like, I, I can, but it's, it's, it's so weird because I have to actually plug one side and blow into the tissue and then do the same thing with the other side. I'll plug it and then blow into the other side. And then the rest, the remainder or whatever, boogies and and you know that's that's there i just take a q-tip and i just swab it out and then i'll take like you know the aquaphor and you know put some more you know make sure it's moisturized but like actually put it on the on the q-tip and just swab on the inside to moisturize the inside of my my nasal passages and whatnot and that cleans it all the way out and i may have to do that maybe another one or two times throughout the day because if I don't have my prosthetic on, I don't have any privacy. And people ask me all the time, like, why do you have to wear that mask? Like, you look fine just how you are. And I'm like, we have to understand it's a privacy thing because if I'm looking at you and you're looking at me and there's no mirror, there's no reflection, like, I can have a, 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 a huge booger right here in my nose and nobody and would know. people don't want to hurt except, your feelings, so they're not going to tell you. And they don't tell me. It just I just have a hanger the entire time. And I'll be just talking to somebody and they won't say it. 
So it's like, I'd, I'd rather have the prosthetic on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather have it because then if I do got a booger, nobody's going to know until I get home and take it off and whatnot. But um, so that that happens. That That's some something that would happen in public. So and it's also for protection, because if I happen to say, I don't know, bump into something, run into a pole, trip and fall and land on my face again, I don't have like the extra cartilage or extra tissue or anything like everybody else has on their nose to like help break the fall. Like this is going straight to the bone. Like all of this is. It's gonna get towed up. Same thing with the lip. I don't have that extra, you know, uh, layer of protection from my teeth. So all of this is gonna get busted up. So it, it provides privacy and it provides protection. So that's pretty much what goes into uh, my day and how I conduct myself throughout the day. That's a you know quick rundown. Okay, that's very interesting. I didn't think about the prosthetic yeah. with that, but yeah, you're right. It's yeah. also a, a barrier because, you know, the just especially with uh, <clears throat> temperature changes, the wind drying over drying your you know your your mouth out. You don't you can't you don't have that easy access to just you know whatever like the the upper lip or whatever. So. It's very interesting. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that and, with me. Yeah, it's a it's those atmospheric conditions, and like another thing with the mask is when it when I was talking about you know earlier with the um, you know just outside privacy or just like dealing with people in the public, the stairs, the eye. Like if I'm outside just like this, then it intensifies like the amount of stairs and the the amount of rudeness, the amount of everything that comes with just being out in public. So when I put the mask on, it, you know, it simplifies things a little bit and it, it, it makes going outside an easier experience for me because now, I, I mean, people still give you stares like, man, what's up with the mask? Like, but I've had people come up to me and ask like, hey, did you have surgery? Is that why you got the mask on? Like, I don't know if you know about the, the basketball player Richard Jefferson for the uh, Detroit Pistons. And uh, was it, is it Richard? I'm sorry, Richard Hamilton. I'm sorry. For the Detroit Pistons, he used to wear the mask in the mm -hmm. game because he had a broken nose. And so people think that that may be something that's going on. So they don't pay me too much of, you know, unnecessary attention. And that, that helps. It's easier for me. And, you know, it, it cools my anxiety down as well. So that's another reason why I like my prosthetics. Okay, good. Yeah, as soon as you said the mask of, or uh, the basketball, I immediately thought of that mask, like with the the whole the whole mask or whatever. But yeah, you're right. Like you you very incognito because you put that hoodie on with the mask and and you can't even tell that it's like a, a prosthetic because you don't see the buckle in the back. So you can have a a little right. bit of normalcy for a little while, you know, without all the nosy people scrutinizing everything that you're doing. So. That's right. a great point. I love that. So FYI, if you see someone with a mask, sit your nosy butt down somewhere. You do not need to know why somebody has a mask on. Like, leave them people alone and mind your business. They have a mask on. You never know. It could be somebody like Randy. It could be something that's a prosthetic. It could be something else that they're doing. So, you know, that's the problem. People just feel like they're too entitled 
uh, now where they they're they deserve to know what someone is going through you don't deserve to know that sorry randy i got all my little <laughs> hey get them get them get, get after them. them they need to hear this right Tell them, holly exactly anyway uh, right because randy ain't gonna yeah. fight y'all but i will um so is there anything else, Randy, that you want to? Self-defense, <laughs> right? I, I got these. I got hands now. That's a... Right? Don't <laughs> don't like I always don't let this fool you. Okay, like this this right here. Don't let it fool you. You know. But um, well, is the there fact anything? That I believe in God. No. Facts. Facts. Um, so is there anything else, Randy, that you want to bring up or that you want to talk about or that you want to add as a final word for anything? Is there any points that we didn't cover? Anything else you want to add? That's uh, just about the brand and the, and the meaning behind it is like the reason that acronym is remember to inspire someone every day i believe we all have a story we all have a gift every life is precious like we are all humans and we all can inspire each other to make the world a better place like we all have something that we can attribute to society and to each other just like i have a story holly you have a story you know and we can build off of each other my story can make you better your story and your survival can make me better. And that's what it's all about. Um, and 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 that's that's the whole premise. That's the whole bottom line of what my brand is and why I, the, the main reason why I want to scale it and, and take it to higher heights now because I see the power of like the the impact. I see how, you know, it, it feels good to 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 know that you're changing lives. And we don't get a lot of that in our society. We get people that get put in, you get you get the wrong people that get put in the right position and they could affect change and don't do anything with the positions that they in. But the people that actually have a message and have actually have something that they can, you know, do for like the good of society, we always get that ceiling and, and never get a chance to rise above. So let's rise up. I love that. I love that. I love that. And that's why I wanted to talk to you, Randy, and I wanted to bring you on and give you a platform that was in, like we said, kind of like a safe area or a, a safe, safe audience, because we need to educate people where they don't even know that they're being insensitive about certain things. You know, they don't even know that what they're saying like, hey, you're being a butthole, you know, <laughs> like, I call people out all the time. But I know it was, you know, again, Randy and I kind of before before we started recording, I, I mentioned that, you know, I think that a lot of us that have been through some kind of survivorship, it's like, you're so focused on am I going to live or die? Am I going to live or die? Am I going to live or die? Like every day you wake up, you're like, is this the day? Am you know, what's going to happen? So you're so focused on that surviving that you forget that now, or you, you haven't not forget, but you don't even know there's a life after you survive. Like this is your life, you know, forever, even with reconstruction, even with anything else they have coming up for you. So I, you know, I like people to know that being a survivor is a, a lifelong thing. It's not just 
you got better and you lived and now you just go on living life like it's nothing. Like you said, this is something you're having to live with every day. So I love that you're sharing that story with us. And also while you guys were sitting up here talking smack about Randy and doing this stuff, all you did was motivate him to come up with Rise Up which is his brand. So I'm super excited. I was trying to write down the acronyms, but he said it so quick, but remember to inspire someone every day. And so, yeah. yeah and he, yep. Uh, oh, oh, we get, we, we rocking hoodies. We rocking everything. So it's, I, on, the, it's on the back. I got it. I think I got it on the back. Okay. Uh, so. Thank you. I needed that ring and D when I was trying to remember words. Um, <laughs> So, good. so tell us about how you came up with there. I love it. I love it. I yeah. love it. Can, so. Tell us how you came <laughs> up with the idea for it and what your goal is with having this new brand. So initially, uh, it's a, it's a crazy story. Honestly, I, at the, at the, at the time when I, wrote out like my my business plan like just the, the brand like i honestly just wanted to inspire people by the journey i was going through i had no i had no real intention i can't i, I didn't expect things to scale up as fast as they did because like i said i i, I was out i was without communication and some things for quite a while. And I just wanted to let my family and friends know that I was okay. Um, I wanted to just have a brand to just like sell to my friends, my family, or, you know, just anybody that wants to support like my recovery process and the, and the things that I was going through. Um, and, and, and that was really it. The, the, the whole, like ideal behind the brand was motivation, was inspiration, was to show people my journey. And if they were going through something in their life, whatever their trial or tribulation is, like maybe you can look at what I'm going through and seeing the things that I'm overcoming and maybe that can inspire you to get through what you're going through. Maybe you can look at your situation smaller and say, man, if he if he got through that, I can definitely get through this. Like I'm tripping. I wanna I wanna you know. It's people that have lost their life for the less. And this may be this may be like a, a turnkey, or it may be you know like a, a, a something that they will view at some point to come across and, and, and think like I needed to see that because I was gonna end it. Or, you know, I, like, I, I'm glad I've seen that because I was really stressing about this situation, but it's really small. Look at Randy. He over there surviving. And look at him. So, like, if you if you look at it that way, then that, that, that's what motivated me to, to keep going and to keep pushing the brand because more and more people started to reach out to me and was like, hey, I don't care what happened to you. Like, the fact that you're still out here and you're still getting after it, you in the gym, you motivate me to work out. You going out in public, you you posting selfies and all of that stuff like that. Like we don't know how we would do it. So man, keep doing what you're doing because you're giving us hope. 
you give enough strength. So I'm like, I, I gotta keep going. I love that. And do do you feel like Randy, do you feel like the the having a purpose now of of inspiring other people and and like you said, people looking at you now and they're like, Wow, you gave me motivation. Do you feel like that has helped you in your healing process by talking about your story and inspiring other people? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I I feel like that has done wonders for my recovery process. Honestly, I didn't think anybody cared at first. I was like, I'm just another deformed person out here, like or, with you know some kind of physical disability or deformity. Like, I didn't think I didn't think much of it, and the feedback. Is what kind of it, it definitely pushed me in the direction that I am right now. Okay, I love that. All of all of the all of the all of the positive feedback, and, and people don't. It, and it's, I think it's good that you know they hear this when they, and when they hear this is that they don't know exactly how much they're doing for each other. People don't know how much they're doing for each other. Sometimes it's just a simple like, "Hey man, you pump me up," because I've been, I've had bad days. I'm I'm not always a strong person. Like I have my I have my days where I am weak, but I can just like go in my inbox sometimes and I'll just see somebody say like, Hey man, I, I seen your I seen your video you doing all those push ups. Like I, I went to the gym today because I felt like I was being a you know what I'm saying, a cow potato or I felt like I was being a fat body. So I, I got up and I did some push-ups, even if it was in my living room, because I seen you do it. And I'm like, you know what? I gotta brush it off. It's people that's 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 getting motivated. So let's go. Hey, you motivated me. That's why I'm telling you. I stalked your Instagram and I was like, now you know what? If Randy is out here dealing with all the foolishness from everybody around, plus going and working out, like I need to take my butt to the gym too. So yes, thank you for inspiring us. Um, and so another question that I wanted to ask you is because I know, okay, so most of my listeners already know that I am a breast cancer survivor. So sometimes I get a little irritated by excessive questions about breast cancer. Thank you. Thank you. Or like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the spokesperson for everybody and their mama who had cancer. Like, I don't know. I, you know, so being a nurse and being a cancer survivor, I get asked all kinds of questions and, you know, and sometimes I'm like, okay, enough, you know, I don't want to just be always answering questions about the, about that, you know? So, I know that you have some of the of your reels or questions that people have asked you about and that you've answered because I guess they they ask you the same, the same questions all the time. So for someone who's interested, how do they navigate that line? Like how do they know what is appropriate to ask someone or like yourself? Or what are some questions that are completely off limits where you're like, I can't believe that you would ask me that. How do we, how do we figure out what are 
questions to ask someone that is going through, like you said, your healing process and all of this. And what are some questions that you're like, hell no, don't ask nobody else that ever again in life. Yeah. Um, I've had some pretty disrespectful questions that I've just kind of scrolled past and ignored. Um, I've, I've, I've had questions as, as dumb as, hey, because you're, you know, your parts of your nose are missing or because, you know, say like your nostrils are missing, can you still smell? Um, I've had questions like that. And it's like, I actually, I had somebody ask me, uh, can you kiss a girl? Like people ask like the, the wildest questions. It's like, at one point it was hurtful because I didn't expect those type, that, that type of influx of questions to come in out of nowhere. But then, you know, after, you know, going through like all my counseling and my therapy and I started like, you know, but I think the, the better questions, the ones that uh, lead to teachable moments, and I actually just started to do like replying to like the questions and then like posting them. And then I actually just started that because I've actually started feeling better, um, even more like better about my condition and like willingness to want to, you know, have these teachable moments with people. So when people ask me like, how is it when you drink? You know, so it's like, oh, okay, like that's obviously, I mean, that's a, that's a good question to ask because looking in the mirror, um, I asked myself how I was going to do that once upon a time. I, I had these, I had these, these times in the hospital and I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, how am I supposed to drink from a cup? Like, this is all missing. I don't, what am I supposed to do? Like, so I created that real, like, this is how I, this is how I drink. Um, and then you know, it's, there's other questions. Um, actually, there's, there's one that I've, I've recorded already, um, and I'm going to possibly put that up uh, maybe in the next day or two. Um, I've done, I, I still need to do some editing to it. But, um, you know, someone asked me, how do I care for, you know, my gums and my, my, no, my nasal area? Like, how do I care for my teeth? So I'm, I'm kind of doing like a get ready with me type of reel. Um, and I got like the, the creams, the gels, the, you know, the, you know, the little utensils that I use to clean, you know, like my nose and stuff like that. So they can, so they can see me. Cause I feel like that's out of curiosity. Like I feel like people would, would get like a good teachable moment out of that. Cause these are things that I had to, learn how to do also and i was confused about it myself that's actually an interesting one i can't i i'm i'm, I'm i can't wait to see too because i've also like i said being a nurse i've worked in um like long-term acute care as well so people who were discharged that were in the rehab and i've seen that occupational therapy come in and teach people how to do things and brush their teeth and do stuff. So I'm, I'm curious of how you're going to phrase it. Cause I, you, your personality always comes out a little bit in, in, you know, in, in, in there some kind of way, like it's like a little, 
a little quirkiness or, you know, like a little sense of humor about it. So I'm interested to see that that that's definitely going to be um, a, a viral thing because everybody's just I think they're curious about it. But some people may not know that it's OK to ask or they don't want to cross that line. Um, but not only that, but there may be people who are going through the same thing that you went through uh, that that self-esteem that don't feel comfortable talking about it. So you can also be inspiring them to say, Hey, you know, okay, we are, we're about to start our, our own little posse now. So we going to come out or you're going to start taking over TikTok too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Sure. So sure. I know what, um, I know, um, that we talked about the rise up. So I know that people one are very, now they want to get their own rise up shirt. So how can people support you? And do you have a website? How do, how do they get the, the paraphernalia? Absolutely. So, uh, my website is the rise up the rise up my Instagram is ran underscore rise up. Um, and I have links on there. I have a link tree set up. It'll uh, link you directly to the store. Same thing going um, with my my Facebook page. has links on there as well. If you, you know, follow me on Facebook, it's just my name, uh, Randy Adams. And there's, there's links on there to my website as well. I have a little bio on there with uh you know just kind of a introduction to me and what's going on and yeah it's uh riseupstore.com okay and i'll actually support support yes for sure for sure and i'll actually because we do i do like a little video clip on instagram and then the rest of the show is audio so i'll have in the podcast notes i'll have all of those links as well and they will be clickable links too so randy last question going into because it's december going into january everybody's starting to try to figure out their life for 2023 what we gonna do how we gonna change the world next year so what is one of the things that you're trying to achieve next year as far as it could be whatever it could be a personal goal or it could be something with a brand or you know going off of that on another tangent so what's one of the things that you're hoping that your platform is going to open doorways for in 2023 okay uh so in 2023 i'm just looking to scale the brand higher of course and reach different markets of people um my thing is not is 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 mainly to I want everybody to hear my story. I want to reach as many people around the world as possible and inspire as many people as I possibly can. And that's the biggest thing. I want to do, uh, I want to follow my passion. I want to follow my heart. Like, I just want to, I just want to create a safe space. I want everybody in the world to feel um, like it's okay for them to do exactly what I did. To, to come out and, and, and have that, that freedom of speech and, um, you know, be able to be comfortable in, in their own skin. It's like, don't let your insecurities become a demon. Like, we all human and 
we all, you know, leave from the spiritual aspect. Like I believe in God, you know, like I, I was raised in a Christian church. I can't speak to everybody else, but I know that's part of my inspiration. That's, that's part of my motivation as well. That's part of my strength is if I didn't have the Holy Spirit carrying me, then I don't know where I would be today. So, um, but the, I just want that message to continue to spread across the world that, you know, you can be comfortable in your own skin, that we are human. You don't have to be insecure about, you know, this, about, this is God's creation. So, you know, lives like it. Yes, I love that. Okay. I'm super excited. We're going to network. We're going to support. We're going to do all of that great stuff. And, you know, I do also love, Randy, that you won or military as well, because I think that's a key thing that a lot of people are that have had some type of, you know, accident or burn victims. Like there are so many things where people have some sort of, of skin impairment, skin change, biological change. So I think that that's really good that one, you're able to hit all these different markets because you're, you know, you're showing you still have on your fatigues and you're still working out, you know, like you hit so many different genres of like the workout people, let's get it together. Military, we all going to come together. So I think that that's really good that you do have all of these multiple things that you're doing in life because you're pulling people from all these different avenues and you're like, Hey, I'm this, but I'm also this, and this is how I look today, but I'm also this, or, Hey, if you see me in the gym, let's get a workout in, you know, we're, we're over here. So I love that you have all these different little faucets as well. So love that. Love that. So you guys, that is Randy Adams spell one more time. Your Instagram, Randy, for anybody that's listening. Instagram is ran underscore rise up R A N underscore R I S P U P. Love that. Love that. So that is Randy Adams, you guys. Thanks, Randy. Yeah. Thank you, Ali. Thanks for having me.